You're listening to the CFP Podcast with your host, Chappie, the college football writer, the source for your college football fix with picks, clicks, and conversions over kicks. Now, here's your host, Chappie. Hey, everybody. Happy 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. Happy Independence Day for all. And of course, when we talk about independence, July 4th marks the independence of the American nation from the oppressive British government. But we also celebrated the independence of formerly enslaved peoples who were oppressed by that same government that felt that they should not be pushed around by the British government back in 1776. So in 1865, June 19th, the final state where enslaved peoples were held in Texas, they were set free as really the last round of legally enslaved peoples. And so African-Americans and formerly enslaved individuals celebrated their freedom and independence. It's been a good month, June into July now, but that just means we're getting closer to college football start. Week zero, August 28th, 55 days away. This is the CFP Podcast, your new place for college football picks, previews, posts, and a plethora of other points to promote college football adrenaline. I am Chappie, and you can find me and follow me on Twitter at Champion underscore Lit. That's Champion underscore L-I-T, as in look it through, which is what we are doing tonight as we examine preview magazine season, and we look at the big three mags in publication right now. We also look through our notes and knowledge and answer some questions from the fans about the upcoming season, which again, like I said, just 55 days out. Seven weeks, baby. Let's kick it. Now, LIT tonight also stands for Love Intelligent Talk. As we play an interview with Coastal Carolina head coach Jamie Chadwell, yes, the very same Jamie Chadwell who won numerous Coach of the Year awards last year, he was gracious enough to sit down take time with old Chappie about a month ago when I interviewed him for our College Football Impact radio show with my guys from WBOB out in Providence, Rhode Island. So give us a listen this summer and into the fall as I team with Pat Sullivan, Mike Waxman, and the bearded brains behind the broadcast, Adam Palazzo. We've also released our first conference preview of the season, starting with the Big Ten. Now you can find out all that we think about these 14 teams by logging on and getting linked to our website, cfpcollegefootball.com. Bookmark it. Go ahead, pause this, open it up, bookmark it, and save it. So here we go. Let's bend some steel, hold firm through a Lindy forecast, and get on with Athlon and talk college football preview mags. Okay, it's preview magazine season. Now, in the last month, the big three, as we like to call them, the big three print publications have been purchased. Athlon, Lindy's, and Phil Steele in that order. Now, Athlon was released on March, I'm sorry, May 25th, and Lindy's came out right around that time, maybe within that week, maybe a week later. Phil Steele was not really released until the end of June. I think June 26th or June 25th was the first day that you could that they sent it off to the printer. I purchased mine at a Barnes & Noble bookstore. I did not succumb to the pressures of ordering it online and paying an extra and I think an exorbitant amount for shipping. But I'm a frugal guy. Call me cheap. Call me thrifty. Whatever you want. But I bought it the old-fashioned way at the bookstore. I only had to wait an extra week, and it was worth the wait. It always is. Uh, all three 
publications. I have been a purchaser of these three for really the last almost 30 years. So my first college football magazine was 1993, and it was by a publication called Peterson's, which I don't think that they're even in publication anymore. Um, but I remember walking down to the drugstore with some lawn mowing money that I had, and that was a few years after I really started getting into all the fine details of college football when I realized that college football existed beyond just Texas A&M, where I grew up, and then University of Michigan and Michigan State, I realized that, oh my gosh, there are a lot of teams that play. And I started to really dig into the Florida Gators and some of the SEC. I was getting into the Big 8 and the rivalry between Nebraska and Colorado. So I wanted to follow these players. I wanted to follow the teams. I wanted to follow everything that came with it. So for about $5, I purchased my first college football magazine in print with pictures, with depth charts, with statistics, with prognostications. It was awesome. And ever since then, I have purchased probably about two, sometimes three college football magazines per year. So I've got an entire bookshelf, two shelves actually, just stock full of all different kinds of publications. There was Street and Smith. There's been Lindy's, like I said, Athlon, Phil Steele for really the last 21 seasons. So those are the ones that I, I really dig into. And so this year is no different. And continuing to get deeper and deeper into the minutia of college football. And I apologize, there's fireworks going on in the background. It is July 4th, so happy 4th to you. But we're going to look at these three publications and highlight the pros and the areas that might need improvement. We're going to look at what separates one magazine from the other two. And I just want to preface this by saying I'm really giving an advertisement, an unpaid advertisement to all three. So I'm not really going to bash any of them holistically. I'm going to point out a lot of positives from each one. And so I just want it known that when I talk about these things, I am not trying to put down any of these magazines, nor am I complaining about any of these magazines. The people that put in a lot of the work and effort into these publications, they do an outstanding job. That's why they're the big three. So let's start with what I am looking for in a college football magazine. So first and foremost, I want info and data. I'm talking statistics. I'm talking player information, measurables, past seasons. I want as much statistical analysis as possible. I want more than just height and weight. I want more than just what a quarterback's completion percentage is. I want more than just how many touchdowns were scored. As much information as you can give me, I want it. I also want inside information. So things that many print publications or online publications don't really cover, the things that either they don't have the time to add in or they don't have the space to add it in, if you can give me some of that background information, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, the, well, I know from an inside source that this is going on, that's what I'm looking for. So if you can give that to me, that's going to get me to purchase your publication. I'm looking for accuracy of projections. So it's getting to be a big thing in college football, much bigger than it ever has been, the, the betting lines and, and all the information that you need, whether you're putting down a friendly wager or whether you are simply just doing it for bragging rights and that feeling of I was right and I picked these games correctly. 
it's helpful to have a publication that is typically accurate. So when we look at the over-under wind totals, what are the publications that are typically more accurate than others? And Chris Stassen does a great job of ranking and has a quantitative metric system that evaluates a lot of these publications, mostly print, but some of them also online. So I want to look at who's at the top. I'm also looking for interesting stories and angles. So while some magazines give you an overload of data, and I say overload in a positive way, I don't think that you can get too much data. There are some publications where they short themselves on the interesting stories. And as a journalist and as a writer and as somebody who just enjoys reading, I want to read some of those stories. I want to know what's going on and have it spun to me in a, an interesting narrative. And then, of course, I'm looking for scouting. I'm looking for recruiting. I'm looking for depth charts. Those are some of the extras that you can add in there. But those first four things, info and data, inside information that many publications may not have access to or many casual fans may not have access to, accuracy of projections, and then interesting storylines and angles, things to watch out for. If you can give me at least three of those in good order, then I'm sold and I'm going to purchase your publication. So let's look at them, the big three, starting with Phil Steele. So what Phil Steele, I mean, everybody knows about Phil Steele. It's known as the Bible of college football, and I don't mean to be blasphemous. I don't mean to uh, hyperbolized, but that's what it's been called and for good reason. This is your resource. This is what you turn to. This is the the study guide for the, the PSAT for college football knowledge. So some of the highlights for Phil Steele, stats, data, and metrics. He even says on there, it's jam-packed with information and he is really underselling that. There's really no information that I can think of that is missing from the Phil Steele magazine in terms of statistics, in terms of trends, things like that. I also like that Phil Steele releases his magazine in July. So typically you have more up-to-date information than other publications. It's kind of that risk-reward system where some of the other mags will release in late May or early June to get the first out there, but sometimes first done is not best done. And I think that Phil Steele, for the right reasons, takes his time and purposely releases it in July to have the the most up-to-date and most accurate information because especially this past year with the transfer portal, with suspensions, with movings and comings and goings in college football, it's good to wait till that 11th hour to release your product because I think that's going to produce a better quality item. We talked about the betting help. So Phil gives us numbers. He gives us trends. He gives us numbers against the spread, straight up, home and away, last five years, last 10 years as a home favorite, as a home dog, away favorite, away dog. You get the picture. Phil Steele gives all of that, and so it's really, some consider it the betting Bible for college football, at least to get some of that added information and some of those superlatives that might be the little extra figure that can help you choose the upset or to play a game or to stay away from it because of what's happened in recent history. I like how Phil covers so many different categories and looks at the different trends that can affect a team's outcome. So he'll look at 
the amount of close games or close wins from the past season. He looks at different statistical categories. He looks at schedule and strength of schedule, how it was last year compared to how it is this year. He gives numbers for experience and returning experience. He talks about his projected surprise teams, his projected disappointment teams. He talks about all different kinds of rating systems. I mean, the guy is chock full of numbers. So if you're an analytics person, this is really your candy store to dive into. So that's another great thing about Phil Steele's publication. He gives numbers through the years, wins and losses, which can be very helpful if you are looking at a team like Iowa State and you say, okay, they had a pretty good 2019, they had a really good 2020, and they're a top 10 team by most publications. Can I assume that they're going to continue that trend? Well, if you look back at some of the numbers that Phil Steele gives in hard print there, which some of the other publications don't, you'll see that Iowa State has not beaten Iowa under Matt Campbell. And if you're an Iowa fan, you know that. If you're a Cyclone fan, you know that. But if you are just a casual college football fan, or even if you are a semi-serious college football fan, that may not be something that you are aware of unless you're looking at Phil Steele's items in there and you can look back at the last five years and say, oh my gosh, Campbell hasn't beaten the Hawkeyes yet. He also gives a lot of depth chart stuff on basically everyone on the roster. So at all the major positions and he tailors the positions to fit the team and the scheme that they run. So a triple option team, you're going to see a position like A-back and B-back. You're not just going to simply see running back. You're going to see a slot receiver instead of just wide receiver. You're going to see a jack linebacker. You're going to see a rush end. You're going to see a star safety. So I like that he gives that, and he goes about four deep at each one of those positions. Essentially, if there's room to put somebody in there, he's going to put it in as of a few years ago, he also listed the other players who are on the roster who may not be in the top four on the depth chart, but they're there. So I think that's really cool. If you are a, a family member or a loved one who is related to one of those players, you want to see your kid, you want to see your friend, you want to see your dude in print there. And I think that that's a, a really cool thing that Phil Steele adds into his magazine. I also love how Phil Steele goes really, really in-depth with his overview of positions and groups for each team. So in some publications, you'll see a general offense, a general defense, a general special teams, and then maybe coaching, schedule analysis. Phil Steele goes in for every position grouping, quarterbacks, running backs, receivers on offense, defensive line, secondary linebackers. You get the gist and he also gives a recap of the previous season. He gives a forecast for offense, defense, and basically the entire season in general. Just a lot of in-depth stuff there. I also like the amount of rankings that Phil Steele gives for positions nationally. So he'll basically rank his top 60 position groups for all major positions, for all college football teams. And then he also does it conference by conference, ranking them from number one to dead last in that conference, for, again, for every position group. So it's not just backfield and receivers and line. It's quarterbacks. It's running backs. It's uh, you know offensive line. It's receivers, that kind of stuff. Now, I'm a big believer in constructive criticism. And to be fair, we need to point out some of the things that maybe are lacking in Phil Steele's 
magazine that could be improved, that could be better, or that maybe some people would want to know before purchasing it? So first of all, one of the things that's missing from Phil Steele is it lacks interesting or well-written articles from the story aspect. Now, the articles that are in there are outstanding if you're a numbers person. He essentially explains how the sausage is made. So if you like that kind of stuff, if you want to go inside his brain, those articles are great. Rich Cermonello also puts out a, a good article in every publication that essentially brags about Phil Steele and the type of hard worker that he is and, and how this whole thing came about and, and why it happens every single year. That's a really good article to take a look at. But if you're looking for a story on a new coach or if you're looking for a story on one of the players, like maybe a Heisman candidate, you're not going to find that in Phil Steele because he sacrifices that for a lot of that analytical data. Another thing that I think kind of gives me a little bit of reservation about Phil Steele's projections is there's no record predictions. Now, he probably has his reason for not putting out a record prediction. So he'll rank teams in how he thinks that they'll finish within a conference. And I think it's a safe way to maintain that high order of accuracy. But I also know that some people are curious, well, do you think that Clemson's going to win 11 games or 12 games? Do you think that Florida State is going to finish second? And if so, what games do you think they win? What games do you think they lose? Or what is their conference record going to be? Phil doesn't do that. And again, it's not a big knock against him. But if you're somebody who's looking for those accurate records, if you're looking for, okay, what's the finite number that I can expect for the Texas Longhorns this year, he's really just going to give you a projected order of finish in the Big 12 and not an overall record. Now, there's also, I, I wanted to come up with three for each publication. So this is one I have in parentheses, so it's not really a big flaw. But there's not as much info on recruits, but he still gives a lot of good numbers. And what I like about Phil Steele is he will essentially give a recruiting ranking for every player. So if you're looking for a comprehensive look at the recruiting numbers from last year, you'll get maybe a page or two. But Within each team page, every single team in FBS, all 130, for every player, he ranks the value of that athlete on a number system. And so whether it's the starting quarterback or whether it's the third string punter, he gives his ranking for where that player fits within that particular class. And I think that's awesome. That's outstanding. So if you're a recruiting person, you're you're not going to get it as much detail with Phil Steele uh, looking at the whole picture. But if you're looking at the individuals, then yes, this is certainly something you want to go to. One other great thing that Phil Steele does with his recruitings is this is the only publication, unless I've missed it in the others, where he will rank the top 75 JUCO transfers. Now, I think junior college transfers are starting to kind of go by the wayside a little bit with the implementation of the transfer portal. I think that we're going to see maybe less emphasis on some of those JUCO recruits. But if a player needs to go the JUCO route to get his grades up to par so he can qualify and play for a Division I FBS school, then they've got to go that JUCO route. And Phil does a great job of ranking those JUCO players that are coming in. I didn't see that in the other publications. So that's another highlight for Mr. Steele. So those are really some of the, the highlights of the Phil Steele publication. Okay, moving on to Athlon. Now, I'm kind of doing these in order of the volume that I have. So I do own 
more Phil Steele magazines than I do Athlon or Lindy's. But I know I said that the first college football magazine that I purchased was a Peterson's magazine in 1993. The first college football magazine that I ever owned was a 1992 Big Ten Athlon preview. And I say this with a little asterisk because I actually, it was given to me by my science teacher who was reading through the magazine and I saw, just kind of left it on his desk and I went up and talked to him and asked you know, if he was a football fan. And he said, yeah. He said, are you a football fan? I said, yeah. He says, do you want to take a look at this magazine? So I said, sure. And I thumbed through it and thumbed through it. And then I went up to him later that week and I said, hey, uh, when did you want your magazine back? He said, oh, I'm done with it. You can keep it if you want. So that technically was the first ever college football magazine that I owned. So here's some of the positives of the Athlon magazine. So First of all, I like the fact that they have a podcast for college football. Now, Phil Steele does a lot of radio, but one of the things that I think that he could improve upon is putting on his website or somehow conglomerating all of the radio shows that he does and have them recorded and put into a place where people could listen to it. Because I would love to continually listen to Phil Steele, the godfather of college football, talk about this great sport. So Athlon does have it. It's the Cover 2 podcast with Braden Gall and Stephen Lassen. Both of them are contributors to that magazine. So I like that. Now, as far as the magazine itself, I do like the fact that Athlon will put their neck on the line and will give record predictions. So I talked about how this is something that is a little bit rare with some prognosticators, but I myself will divulge my projected record, and Athlon does the same thing, and I like that. I also like that Athlon, at the beginning of their magazine, gives you storylines to watch. And, you know, I talked about how some people like that story aspect. They want to know some of the backstory, some of the background about various players or coaches or whatever, or a storyline to watch, a developing trend. So this year, if you wanted to learn more about the transfer portal, if you wanted to learn more about NIL, if you wanted to learn more about Sam Howell as a Heisman contender or Spencer Rattler as a Heisman contender, those types of stories, not exactly, but those types of stories can be found in Athlon's preseason magazine. Now, I also like that Athlon, within each team, will give you key numbers and kind of those statistics that SportsCenter used to throw up, the did you know, or like the Aflac trivia type stuff, Athlon does give you some of those key statistics that kind of stand out and separate that team from others around them. I think that's a cool thing. I also like that Athlon talks about the key losses. So when I'm looking at teams or when college football fans are reviewing a team or a program for the 2021 season, it's helpful to know that, hey, they lost this quarterback. They lost this set of offensive linemen. They lost this sack artist who led not only their team, but led the Big 12 in sacks as a defensive end. He's gone this year. So I like the fact that Athlon, as they look ahead and as they project what's going to come up in 2021, they'll look back and say, well, here are some things to remember. These are the key players that they lost. I think that they do a good job sorting their recruits. So they sort it by position, and then we'll say, okay, for quarterbacks, these are the schools that recruited quarterback the best. For defense, these are the schools that recruited defense the best, or defensive line. I, I think that's a, a unique thing to Athlon. 
I like how Athlon gives you a too deep depth chart for their teams. So they don't go as deep as Phil Steele does in terms of all the players who are playing at those positions, but they do a better job, I think, than Lindy's because Lindy's essentially just gives you the starters on offense, defense, and then special teams, whereas Athlon will give you the too deep. So you'll know who the backup running back is. You'll know who the backup tight end is and such. So those are some of the highlights of the things that I like about Athlon. They also release theirs first. Again, they have the mindset that we want to be first. We want to get people buying our magazine. And, you know, there are some of those college football fans who are casual enough to say, well, I'll spend $11, $12 on it, and I'm going to get the first one that comes out. So Athlon wins that race. Now, some of the constructive points of criticism for Athlon I think that releasing it so early is a little bit of a detriment. It's almost too early. So I've heard it talked about on other podcasts where when you get a magazine like Athlon and it's released so soon, there are some players who are no longer on that team. So I know there are some people who will cross them out. They mark up their magazines. And so if you were to look at Athlon right now, there might be a couple of teams who two or three of their projected starters are not on the team anymore because of transfer portal, because of other things that happen. And I know that that's kind of unavoidable, but we go back to comparing it to Phil Steele. Phil releases his in July, so he has an extra month, maybe a month and a half of time to where he can adjust his projections. He can adjust his rosters to fit more accordingly to where it's currently at or looking a lot more like what it's going to be on Labor Day weekend. Another thing that I constructively criticize Athlon for is there's not as much justification for their picks. So there are some publications who will explain this is why this team is here, this is why a team is high, this is why a team is low, this is why a team really isn't mentioned in the same light as others would like to mention them in. I think that if they had some feature where they can justify their picks, kind of like Phil Steele does and kind of like Lindy's does to a degree, I think that that would be useful. And again, I understand that there are space constraints, time constraints. Sometimes you just have to pick and choose what you include and what you leave out. And that's one of the things that Athlon leaves out. But I do enjoy understanding how the sausage is made and why it looks that way. And then also, they give less coverage for the group of five teams, really just one page for the group of five schools versus two pages for the power five schools. So if you are just a power five college football fan, Athlon's not going to disappoint you. But if you are somebody who wants to follow the MAC, the American Athletic Conference, the Mountain West, the Sun Belt, Conference USA, and even some of the independents, you're going to get a limited scope on what that team's going to look like compared to the power five schools. Literally, you're getting 50% less than what the Power 5 schools are, are going to do. But overall, like I said, I really do appreciate Athlon. I think that they put out a quality product, and I've been buying it for years, so it's, it's good enough to spend your money on. And that's another thing, too, is their cost is around $12, whereas Phil Steele is about $20. Now, when I broke it down, going by page numbers, Athlon has a 288-page magazine, which if you were to break down the cost divide or the, the pages divided by cost, you're paying about four cents per page for Athlon, whereas Phil Steele has 352 pages of information 
but he really crams, I think, about one and a half times the amount of information and writing on his pages compared to Athlon. But nonetheless, Athlon, you're really only paying $12. So if you are not so focused on having all that data and you're looking to save a little bit of coinage, you are going to save it by getting the Athlon magazine. It's $8 cheaper than it would be to get a Phil Steele magazine. So that's Athlon for you. And now let's finish with Lindy's. Now, like I said, this was the third magazine in sequence that I had purchased. My first one was a 1994 Athletic Coast Conference, so an ACC version of the Lindy's magazine. And I later purchased a 1990 Southwest Conference Lindy's magazine. So if you're going by the earliest publication date, Lindy's is the first publication that I purchased, or the earliest publication that I purchased, I should say. And I will admit, Lindy's has improved throughout the years. I think that they've done a much better job, especially in their national magazines, because when I first got into the college football magazine purchasing game, they were really known as a magazine that specialized. So there was a conference issue for each one, but they didn't really spend much resource on making a national one until later in the 90s. But I will say that I've gotten one the last few years, and I'm very pleased with my purchase, as I have been with Phil Steele and Athlon, but Lindy's has come a long way, in my opinion, from when I first started purchasing them. So here's the highlights. Here's what I like about Lindy's. First of all, they highlight the hidden, and I think that that's really cool. I like how Lindy's, kind of like Phil Steele, goes a little bit further. So one of the things I said that I'm looking for is the interesting stories or the interesting angles or the inside info, and Lindy's does a good job of doing that. I think Lindy's does the best job of all three at giving you information about the transfer portal and giving you transfer portal coverage and an explanation about the process, the best that we have right now anyway, as well as some of the highlighted players and programs who succeeded through the portal and others who may have lost out. I like also how Lindy's talks about coaching movement. They have a couple pages where they rank and grade the coaching hires for this past cycle, which teams or which programs did a good job in hiring as we see it right now, and which ones maybe didn't get the best candidate out there in their opinion. So I like, you know, as a former coach and as somebody who puts a lot of stock into the value of successful coaching, I mean, just look at Nick Saban, just look at Lincoln Riley, you get the right guy, your program will benefit greatly. And I think that Lindy's does a good job of kind of examining that. I also like how Lindy's will give you their games to watch, both nationally but also conference by conference. So that's something that I like to know, looking at it from the beginning of the calendar toward the end, what are the dates? What are the matchups that I can look forward to? What are some of the marquee matchups for each conference but also nationally? Lindy's, I think, does the best job of all three in presenting that. I also like how Lindy's will give you the good and the bad, the positive and the negative, a breakdown of all teams in their top 25, but also for every conference. They highlight the good news, the bad news, and then they will tell you what's the final prognosis. And this is what we can expect from those teams, at least from the standpoint of the Lindy's writers and editors. I think they do a really good job, in fact, the best job of giving a recruiting breakdown. So they'll look at not just the incoming freshmen, but also this year's high school seniors, the ones who some have committed, some are leaning toward programs, but we can have a sense of 
who are the top quarterbacks, who are the top receivers. So if I am a Northwestern fan and I know that we really need some help in the receiver room, who are some of those players and also where, what regions of the country are they coming from that maybe Northwestern can target? Or if I'm a Texas A&M fan and I know that we need to get a quarterback who's going to be a game changer for the next few years, who are some of those quarterbacks that we can compete for? I also like how they break it down by position and by school. They also do a good job in their magazine toward the end of looking back in the past, you know, increments of five years. So they'll look five years ago. These were the top five teams. This was the Heisman winner. Ten years ago, this is what college football looked like. It goes all the way back to 50 years ago. This is how college football has changed. So the history buff in me likes seeing how things have changed and also in what ways have they stayed the same. I also think that they do a better job than Athlon of giving a conference breakdown. So they are going to give pretty much equal coverage to all 10 conferences plus the independents. So they'll break down the Big Ten as much as they will the Big 12 and they'll break down the SEC as much as they will the Sun Belt. I think that that's a really good thing that Lindy's does because it doesn't matter if you're a Power 5 follower or a group of five follower, or if you're like most of us and we just want to know collectively what's college football going to look like, I'm going to get the same type of digging and background information on the AAC as I am the ACC, regardless of whether they're a power five conference or a group of five conference. I also like for every team that they will give you the team's top newcomer, an emerging star. So who's a player that maybe didn't statistically perform as great as others last year, but maybe it's because they were buried on the depth chart and they had a really good spring or they came on late last season and coaches and writers are very high on them. And and who's somebody that we could see emerge in this upcoming season that maybe was not an all-conference player last year. And then also I like how they incorporate quotes. So they'll give you a scouting report. Sometimes it's from one of the coaches within. Sometimes it's from an opposing coach. Sometimes it's from a player. And Athlon did a good job of that too. And one thing I forgot to point out about Athlon is they will give you a scouting quote from an anonymous opposing coach. And I think that's some deep insight that that is very interesting to see what are the coaches who are watching film on this team? What are they saying from an outsider's and opposing perspective? So those are all good things. Now, again, to keep things fair and equal, here are three things that I would constructively criticize Lindy's on. First of all, lack of roster. Again, we talked about it with Athlon. Phil still gives you about four deep. Athlon gives you two deep. Lindy's just gives you the projected starters on offense, defense, and then just the kicker and punter. So not even really return specialists, which that is getting to be a lost art. But you take a look at a school like Rutgers, who has not just one, but two dynamite return men, Aaron Cruikshank and Josh Youngblood. It's important for people who want to follow Rutgers or people who want to scout Rutgers if they're an opposing Big Ten fan base. That's something that's important to know. Another thing that Lindy's could do better is more equal coverage for all their teams. They go pretty in-depth with their top 25, but if you're not one of their top 25 teams, they essentially just give you a one-page report 
or you know a lot more limited coverage compared to those top 25 teams. And again, if you're somebody who really only cares about the best of the best, then this magazine's not going to disappoint you. But again, if you are wanting to read about your Central Michigan Chippewas or about your Tulane Green Wave, you're really not going to get as much coverage or as much depth as you would if you were a Cincinnati Bearcat fan or if you were an Oklahoma Sooner fan. I think another thing that Lindy's could do better is they're another one that is almost a little too early. Now, they're not as early as Athlon, but I think that these two publications came out about a week apart, maybe even just a few days. So by holding out just a little bit longer, I think that they could be in a little bit better light because of the accuracy And I get it, we are an impatient society, and there are some people who just want their hands on that. But let's keep in mind that the internet is a wonderful thing for college football fans like you and I, because we can kind of follow that. And you can also follow CFP College Football, because I try and give up-to-date information as well. But Athlon and Lindy's, they both come out with their publication just a tad too early, so that's just a slight knock that I have on them. But again, overall, I really do like Lindy's, and I encourage you, if you see it, you should get one, as you should Athlon and Phil Steele. These are all wonderful publications. Buku, respect for those who are involved, putting it out, writing it, doing things behind the scenes, editing, all the stuff that goes into making these products, which you and I crave, we have high demand for it, mad respect, and would really, really love to be a part of that process. Big hint, big hint. So if you're listening, talk to this guy. So that's a wrap on part one of this podcast. On the next one, we're going to get into our play caller segment where we take questions from you, the fans, that you want answered, that you need to know before this 2021 season, and old Chappie will answer it for you. And then we're going to hear from Coastal Carolina head coach Jamie Chadwell, the guy who won College Football Coach of the Year in 2020 and the guy who has the Chanticleers headed in the right direction and preseason top 25, the first ever in Coastal Carolina history and I believe one of the first teams in Sunbelt history to be ranked preseason top 25. So that's all coming up on the next segment or part two of this podcast. So stay tuned and thanks for listening.